Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this is our new background. Mm. Let me delete us so you can see it more clearly. Um, this is a new background by Paul Kitching. Famed 3D Amiga artist. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, in fact, uh, he wanted us to share that um, there is, you know, Amiga 32 Germany is coming up next year. Nice. And uh, he's creating the graphics for this and also the previous one. The date for this event, oh, is uh, it's it's almost a full year away, so you got plenty of time to plan. It's on the 28th of October in 2017 in Nuss, Germany. Yes. And Paul will be attending as a VIP, <clears throat> along with uh, Darren Ryu uh, Glenn from Intuition Base and Bambi Amiga. Um, tickets are not yet on sale, but the organizer is Marcus Tillman. So if you know Marcus, then you can start hitting him up for tickets. Start, um, start, start badgering him. Yeah, just start beating on his door. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Amiga 32 uh, coming up next October. <clears throat> And uh, be watching Facebook. I'm sure they've already got a group going for it. You know, that's going to be a monster event. Yeah. Because the Germans, they do it. They dig they do it up. Mm -hmm. All the European countries are having these events. Your Poland, your Germany. Ireland. They're killing me. Yeah. We're going to have what? The world's smallest convention. We are Amiga West Virginia. <laughs> this is it. In this room right now. Um, we also got some feedback from RL1712. Um, Interesting name. Yeah, on YouTube. <laughs> and he said that, oh, you know, last week we did Simon the Sorcerer, and he said, Simon 6 is canceled indefinitely. Yeah. Chris Berry was supposed to return. They've not said why it's been canceled. They never even did the Kickstarter. It was. I, that, I couldn't get any information on what. They just said something had happened, and it's gone. And that was it. That's the last we yeah. heard about it. He said, yeah, you can buy all the games apart from Simon 4 and 5. Uh, those games are no longer available as the company who published them went into insolvency. Hmm. Uh, the first three were done by AdventureSoft, but then the fourth <laughs> and fifth were done by German developers. I see. Which yeah. one was the 3D one? Was it the that was one? the third one. Mm -hmm. One, two, and 3D. That's the one that was supposed to be a real dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so that was some feedback. Uh, what do you have in the world of Amiga News this week? It was light this week, to be completely honest with you, but there's a couple little items that we didn't cover on the, on the site very much. Um, Indie Retro... News, our our uh, our favorite site over there, have a little blurb up. Uh, Amiga J is back. He's a hardworking dude, and he's got a rare puzzle game out uh, on the uh, CD32. It's the same old story. Just download it, burn it. Uh, <clears throat> the game is called Candy Puzzle, and it was better known as Kubo CD32. Uh, the uh, uh, we talked about this, and I'm trying to think why in God's name we would have talked about it. I think we were talking about Amigas and arcade machines. Mm -hmm. There was an outfit. <clears throat> were they German or were they Italian? Something crazy. I think they were Italian. That seems random. That, that would have these uh, Kubo C32. Like they're basically arcade-based CD32 systems. We've actually seen pictures of them, 
And apparently this was one of the games that was produced for it. Uh, and uh, someone has taken the uh, time to s- kind of translate it over uh, to the to the Amiga. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Puzzle games. Mm-hmm. I, I like a good puzzle game now. We haven't really covered... We should... A puzzle game. We should add a puzzle game to it. That's not Lemmings. I mean, I guess that counts as one. But uh, uh, this looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I saw some stills of it. And uh, so I'll, I'll be giving that a shot. I saw... Uh, a new, a new uh, Amiga game, uh, a shooter, I believe, is in. There were some release, some, some sort of beta shots of it. I'll cover it more when it's a little more fleshed out, but it looks pretty good. Uh, but uh, for the most, oh, <clears throat> one thing I have been covering, and as, as a fella uh, on uh, my on the Google Plus forums that have been has been uh, buzzing me about this quite a bit, they've been selling the vampires on. Uh, on eBay, eBay. Mm-hmm. have you been following this boat? I did. I, I did see that one of them. I think sold for seven hundred, uh, and and I think the most recent one sold for all over six. They, okay, they've came down. They've sold I think three, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what it means to miss New Orleans. I don't know what that even means either. <laughs> but I don't know what that means that they're selling these uh, on eBay before they're available. I guess. It's a fundraiser still. That's sort of the way it was it's, played up. It's I can see why people. It's <clears> the same thing, you know. I can see why people don't like it because they're basically telling their fans, "Listen, you know, we want to get as much out of these as possible. We don't want to set it at you know a price that you might be able to afford. We want to make sure that we get we suck every <laughs> last penny out of these. Well, but at the same time, they're trying to make a living just like everybody else is. Well, from what I from the research I did. I, and I believe now these are all five hundreds, and I believe that they have a list together of people that are have pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. I know from what I heard, these guys were. I don't think these guys are money grubbers. I'll, I'll say that. I think they need this operating capital. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think they set a price too low for the demand, mm-hmm. which is this is pretty much uh, uh, what you know what I've read. I think they they were. Surprised by the, the amount of people that were interested in these, which is everyone, mm-hmm. and they have uh, uh, decided to, uh, they're going to have to sell some of these to raise enough money to, to keep the project going, given the amount of, of uh, people interested in it. So, I look for them to sell a few more of these. I'd be surprised if we see more than a couple more before they start filling those orders, uh, you know, more thoroughly. I don't know if they've filled any of the 500 orders. I, I think these are all pro- boards that have, before they've been released, the you know for sale. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It, it's a new way of doing business. It's better than what Pebble is doing. Um, I'm a fan of the Pebble Watch, and I kickstarted their new. Is that what you're wearing? Right yeah, now? I got a Pebble Watch. I kickstarted the the new version, and uh, just to show how much Pebble appreciates its Kickstarter backers. They've released models to uh, chains before they've delivered them to Kickstarter. So you can go to Target now and get a new Pebble watch, but I backed them and gave them the capital to make it, and I still have Have they explained why they've done that? They say just because, again, it's all about operating capital. Yeah. And so... I mean, I used to... I used to be heavily involved in the GP2X. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, it's a Korean system, it's right? a, it, it, it was. A handheld. Um, and... The the forum members and a couple of the guys that had I guess worked on a lot of the emulation crowd had decided to make a new version on their own called the Pandora. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this was at the time it sounded like a glorious device. Was this pre Kickstarter? This was yes. Mm-hmm. And so they funded it themselves. And I used to watch them go because th- 
they took pre-orders for X amount of these. And I used to watch them. This stretched on for literally years. And it was way, way, years and years and years behind, four years behind. And <clears throat> at the time, this thing looked like a really neat instrument. It was going to have dual SD card slots. It was going to have a keyboard. It was going to have like a DS sort of style of mm -hmm. screen. And uh, uh, it was going to be it's going to be a controller as well. The, but something you run into, and we've seen this just with the uh, uh, the Amiga uh, cases and the, and the keys, and so, is the production the production costs are are insane. Yeah, for the you're and, talking about for the molds and sure, things like and that. Sure, and the hoops you have to jump through are insanity. And in in the case of the Pandora and some of these other smaller projects, and I'm sure this is the case of the Vampire. You're hand placing components now. Having come from a manufacturing background, you're not going to go through and hand place components at any great clip. Mm -hmm. So you've got you've got ANSI prepaid backers. You've got sketchy foreign uh, people that are going to be manufacturing. Mm -hmm. You've got people that have to follow plans that you put together for a circuit board and. Uh, route them the proper way to fit the cases that you've also tried to get made properly with the screw holes in the right spot. You could see how you could eat. I would never try one of these projects in a million years. I come from a manufacturing background, and it's, and we had the best of everything, and they'd screw stuff up all the time. Yeah. They'd, and we'd have to go back and run extra wires and reroute stuff. So I, it would be nightmarish. And I can imagine, here's a little outfit like the vampire trying to get this thing over and all of a sudden, everyone and their brother wants one of these, and you're doing this stuff. You're you're gonna you're sitting there with a soldering iron, mm -hmm. and you're going and picking these things out one a day or whatever, and you're selling them for a couple hundred bucks, mm -hmm. and your operating costs in them are a hundred and fifty. So you're making what 50, 60 bucks a pop. Right. It's murder. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Nobody's murder. getting rich selling this stuff. Absolutely not. Yeah. Even the six hundred dollars. Yeah. Which is a lot of money. If they were selling like that every time, they wouldn't have the demand that they mm -hmm. have. So there's going to be a happy medium yeah, that sets in. Or someone's going to come in that tries to alleviate some of the pressure by coming up with their own product, their own quote-unquote yeah. product. Or they'll figure out a way to do mass production at a, you know, a cheaper price. and Something will happen. Can, but, you, can you imagine? Because you, you, you toyed with the thought about going into something like that. And you know it. I mean, you know better than anybody. It's it's, it's crazy time. Isn't yeah, it? it is. I mean, the you know we we had this plan i don't mind talking about it now since it's not going to happen but i i pondered the thought of creating small kind of amiibo slash skylander uh sized models of the amiga computers you know start out with the 1000 with the monitor and the keyboard and stuff and i figured it would be kind of a fun thing we could brand with the amigos logo and we could sell um the upfront costs just to create the molds you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And uh, to make it worthwhile, you'd have to charge the guy in, in China that I talked to, uh, Philippe, uh, who actually Paul Kitching put me in touch with. Um, he said, you know, you're going to have to sell these for over $100 a piece to make your money back. And mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. So that was the end of that dream. Yeah. And so it was I, a rude awakening. You know, good luck to him. And yeah. really, the vampire caused a lot of excitement. I'm kind of over my initial high because I'm a realist, mm -hmm. right? And I probably won't be able to afford one of these things. And I now understand why. I talked to a lot of our listeners that were like, kind of on the fence on this thing. And I can understand why now. The more I've thought about it, you know, I can. It really it was going to enrich me playing Wings, or probably not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to be doing anything that's probably going to take advantage of that particularly special ability that this thing mm -hmm. gives out. Mm -hmm. But uh, man, I give them all the credit in the world for keeping the ball rolling on it. And uh, 
especially under the under the onslaught of pissed off pre order people and angry moms dealing with the internet. Yeah, it's, yeah. Everyone gets mad yeah. real quick, <laughs> especially when money's involved, right? So, uh, site updates. Site updates. We had a lot of you know we've got um, a lot of great articles <coughs> went up this past week. Yeah. Um, Gary Hucker is uh, diagnosing. He tore down another Amiga 2000 and uh, fixed a uh, a weird mouse issue that I, was going on. I, I read that particular article with a lot of interest. The did, uh, that, did that give you any leads on how you could possibly I, fix yours? No, I still think that the chip is gone. It's going on mine. Mm. That's what I think. Though you know, Gary is lucky that he had a whole <laughs> stack of 2000s that he could swap chips in and out with. Not a lot of people have that luxury. Well, this one's not socketed, the one I think. But honestly, uh, I've got a workaround. Mm -hmm. Amiga's been working great, except for that issue. I can get by. Yeah. I know it's not the worst. I would like it to work, but eh. Speaking of other fixes that you did, you you fixed your CD32 this week. Yes. um, A tail. Quite a tail. I think I mentioned that I'd started on it last week. um, Or I was going to start on it. The... uh, this is all documented. If you want to slide over to the Google Plus forum or the or the Amigos podcast, yeah, just slide like that. Uh, the uh, long story short, I had a uh, a major league crater in the board. Something had leaked in that board, and I don't mean internally. I mean something had leaked externally. Coke or something. I looked like coffee. I think it was coffee, right? And what it had done was it just sat on the board, and I guess the acidity or or just the fact that liquid had gone in there, but it, sl- it, had de- it deteriorated that section of the board. And it, what it did was it severed, geez, probably seven or eight uh, paths, you know, lands through there. The only thing that saved me, because this would have been, I'm a pretty, pretty good hand with land repair, you know, but this was heady work because they were gone. It was going to be a lot of patching. And the only thing that saved me was the land, the place where the uh, liquid had in, infiltrated the case was right near the expansion slot. And so, <coughs> long story short, despite the fact that all these lands had been severed, they weren't going to anything of any import because they were going to that expansion slot. Now, bad news, I won't be putting anything in the expansion slot unless I go through and repair all those lands. But the good news is... Uh, the cap that had been there had had died, which I had a feeling it was a cap issue, having uh, seen what it was doing. The with, flickering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my new caps came in in a timely manner this time, by the way, and uh, uh, stuck it in, and it worked right out of the gate. And I had just enough uh, uh, surface replacement fluid to go in there and fill that hole in, and, and hopefully that won't continue to be an issue. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting uh, to, to, to get in there and have a good hard look at it, though. But I was I was pleased with the results. So, like I said, I documented it as best I could. The video I put up was a little bit uh, uh, disjointed because it was recorded over three or four different sessions. And really the problem was that even when I, at the very start of the video to the end, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And so it was just it matured as it went on. But uh, it's an interesting watch if you uh, are into that sort of thing, or if you're having any sort of video problems uh, that might uh, this might aid on the repair of. So I'm closing the book on that. I took it home and did promptly did a uh, um, full recording of a, of a uh, about a half hour's worth of play on Little Devil, which I'll be posting up this week, and uh, should have a cavalcade of uh, goodies 
coming. I've got a lot of stuff in the can. I'm, as soon as the holiday is over, I'm going to start uploading it. Awesome. So. Can't wait. Um, Jason Warnes made his <laughs> uh, blogging debut here yes. at the AmigosPodcast.com. He actually put up an article on how to hack your own uh, Amiga 1200 power supply. Uh, and so he opens it up and saw he's soldering, and it's really impressive what he managed to do. It was very good. The power supply used, like I mentioned in a comment I made to him, it looks a lot like the ones we that you get in the, out of uh, out of Japan or whatever for out of the east, far east for arcade machine replacement. You know the mm-hmm. old screw, mm-hmm. the screw head thing. Uh, it's definitely a way to go. It's not. It's actually if you don't want to bother with that connector on the back. Uh, it's a smart way to go yeah. <laughs> if you want the truth. Yeah, I, I, it had crossed my mind with with ours uh, over here, uh, but uh, he, obviously he's a good hand, and it was a good well. It was a well done article, and it was uh, uh, very handy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a, a, a very good debut for this fella. Um, and finally, uh, we have in conjunction with our James Pond episode from a few weeks ago. Um, Dreamcatcher has written the James Pond <laughs> review to end all James Pond reviews. Man, I couldn't believe this freaking review, <laughs> man. He investigates every nook and cranny of that game. You can tell that Dreamcatcher has always been very passionate about the Pond series. And uh, it shows in this article. So the, everything that you could possibly want to know about James Pond, he goes in. <coughs> it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, the, just the sheer length, though. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it goes on. It's like a small book. It is. He can know. publish it and bind it. Yeah. Pond was, um, I enjoyed Pond. Yeah. You know, we didn't get, did we get a lot of feedback on Pond? Yeah, I think that people enjoyed it. Yeah. I think people enjoyed it. And of course, um, maybe for our, uh, our Christmas spectacular, we'll go back and revisit RoboCod since it has that Christmas theme. <laughs> yeah. And yes. Then, for it, for some reason. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll probably play some of the, uh, the, uh, James Pond at the Olympics too, or whatever that's called, just for the fun of it, because we'll have a whole bunch of people. Over Aqua here. Games, Aqua the Games, Aqua Games, number one in the hood, G. Aqua My Team name Underforce. is. All right. <laughs> I used to watch that show. Too. Me too. Now it's terrible. It was probably terrible back I then. I've seen it recently. Did they still make it? Yeah, they still make it. It's it's offensive on almost every level. Well, yeah. Um. So uh, that's it for the side updates this week. Um. Again, we welcome Jason. Um, Chris Folds may be uh, making some new video content for us. He's figured out a way to capture video coming out of his 1200. Beautiful. He's he's, so. a, he's very clever. He, a very smart fellow. So yeah. I'm sure that'll be entertaining. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the game. Beautiful. I've been looking forward to this one actually for quite a while. You know, I don't even did I even say what we were going to do at the beginning? I you did not. So Go ahead. this is the fighting spirit episode, by the way. I don't know how did I start the show. You're like, hey, everybody, I'm Boat. That's it. <laughs> that's all you need to say. Well, that's all that needs to be said. Oh, geez. Fighting spirit. Tell us about fighting it. Fighting spirit. Well, it's not fighting it's spirit. It's fighting. There you go. Them's fighting words. Yep. That's It's written like a West Virginia West Virginia style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting spirit. Uh, released in 1996. Uh, a, a, a fighting game for your Amiga uh, that shipped eventually on, on a, on a uh, 32X. Uh, all right, CD32, 32X. I was going to say, wow. Oh, yeah, this shipped on the 32X CD. <laughs> yeah. This shipped on the CD32 on a disc, a much-welcome disc, got a wager. It was also one on a CD. It was also came on five discs. Uh, it was put together uh, by... An, uh, the, the story of this game is kind of interesting. Uh, the uh, 
the uh, outfit that published it is a place called Neo Software Productions. Uh, they didn't do tons, to be honest with you. I looked into their uh, achievements, but uh, looking into them, I found out that they were not Light Shock's first choice, uh, basically. And so, well, so I'll get into that in a little bit. So, this the development team is kind of more interesting story. Light Shock, uh, they didn't not Laser Shock, not Laser Shock. Mistakenly identified. Uh, they did laser not shock. do a much. They did really a, only a few games, and we're going to go into a couple of them, and we're going to play them all this week. Uh, they did fighting, uh, fighting spirit. Of course, they did another game for the Amiga called Black Viper. The Viper is coming. Uh, it's a motorcycle game, mm. and they did a PC game, which is funny because this this whole thing got started with uh, with uh, an email I got from a fellow. He's like, "Hey, you know, I'm working on a, a, a like a book for around uh, um, Light Shock." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess." Have you played any of their other games like uh, Fighting Spirit or Pray for Death? And I was like, Pray for Death? I own Pray for Death. <laughs> and I actually have the PC, which is their PC fighting game, Pray for Death, which is really, it's not really the same guys that did this. It is, but it's it's the same outfit, but not the same guys. Uh, but it's a Fighting Spirit, I would say, is more of a uh, art of fighting slash street fighter Slash maybe a little Samurai Showdown sprinkled mm-hmm. in, whereas uh, um, a little bit of World Heroes, yeah. Maybe. Uh, whereas you um, Pray for Death is more of a, a, a Mortal Kombat <clears throat> slash Killer Instinct. Does it have the pre-rendered sprites? It has or the uh, photorealistic it, sprites. It has sort of like uh, your uh, um, rendered graphics with a uh, fight engine that has that works off combos. Okay. So it's got a sort of that kind of a killer, killer instinct, instinct. Mm-hmm. and it's also got fatalities and that kind of yeah. jive, you mm-hmm. know. And it's got an S and M chick. And the one thing about Pray for Death that I always found interesting is one of the player characters is Cthulhu, <laughs> and so you can actually be a man sized Cthulhu, and you fight these other people. There's a guy called Maelstrom who's who has this like living armor, you know. Then there's an S and M chick. There's a Bruce Lee guy. His name was Jan Fun. And he is, they don't try to sugarcoat it at all. It's basically, it says <laughs> it's Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Some other characters. This game is, uh, and I'm going to do a play, Amigos play on it this week, like I said, uh, to show it off. But it's, and in a lot of ways, it's it's graphically superior for sure. But in, uh, in most ways, it's not really as good a game mm-hmm. as Fighting Spirit is. Uh, so anyway, getting back to the main thing at hand. So Fighting Spirit. <clears throat> um... The Amiga has a long history of failure, or not, or let's say mediocrity success in, in the <laughs> genre of fighting. Right. So let's go over some of the stuff that we've covered in the Amigos or Amigos plays. We've, we've, you got your body blows, your body blows galactic. You know, the, and the, mm-hmm. the one where they had them all. Right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> You've got your Street Fighter Two. Mm-hmm. Right. You got your Mortal Kombat's one and two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we've also not covered, but there's that one where you fight as animals. What's, do you remember what that was called? Paul's of Fury. Okay. Which I've played that on other Brutal. systems. Brutal. Oh, Paul's yeah. of Fury. Do you remember that it's one? The, with the rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I thought Brutal was as good on this as it was anywhere else. Which is? Which isn't that good. Right. We haven't played Brutal, but I've played it myself. Uh, I thought Mortal Kombat was okay. I thought Mortal Kombat 2 was pretty darn good, given the limitations of the machine. Street Fighter is hideous. 
hideous game. Everything about it was garbage. Right? So where would where would we place this in the pantheon of fighting games? Well, this one, in my opinion, is well beyond probably all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's if Body Blows was way better with it. I mean, it really, it's more. It's very. It's more Street Fighter-y than Street Fighter in a lot of ways. This, what do you say? this is the only fighting game on the Amiga that I've played that you could you could <coughs> you could mistake for a fighting game on another platform. Absolutely. On another sixteen-bit platform. Absolutely. Um, the uh, it's now here's the um, sort of amusing thing about this game. After all these other guys tried it, it took Italians to get the job done, <laughs> folks. Um, these guys are all out of Italy. I'm going to try to go over a couple of their names just to give them the credit they deserve. Um, you've got uh, the the artist or the coder is a guy named Dario uh, Marola, which I love the name Dario if you're a Lucha mm-hmm. Underground fan. Um, the the graphics guy is a guy named uh, Roby G- or something like that. Giacanto Palantina or Palantia, and I got to give this guy credit. The graphics are top shelf. Now, I don't know who sings the little opening ditty. Fighting spirit, spirit of fighting, yeah. They're a better singer than both. That's a fact. The, uh, the, let's let's just set the game up because we're kind of all over the map here. So the game comes on. Mm. All right. The music. It kicks up, right? Yeah. You got dragons. Mm-hmm. You there's, got, a, there's a theme song with with words. Yeah. I know? mean, the... Uh, this uh, this game is sort of known for this intro, and the intro is great. Yeah. It should be known. It lives for it. up for it, you know, to everything. That the, you've, heard. Uh, you've got you've got all these images of uh, like you've got a tiger facing off against a dragon. Yes, <laughs> and it's awesome. You've got uh, claws that come across the screen at one point. And blood comes out yep. of the scratch marks, like mm-hmm. a la, you know, Bruce Lee. It's just it's like I was telling Bo when we were sitting through it for the Amigos play. It's like if you were an old fan of like Bloodsport or. Uh, or uh, uh, Kickboxer, or any old Cynthia Rothrock movies, those cheesy, like, English karate movies. Mm-hmm. They always had that cheesy song in them, yeah. you know? Like, the, remember the karate kid, you're the best, mm-hmm. That one is pretty cheesy, but not, that's not cheesy enough. No, no. This is way cheesier this, than that. Yeah. And it's great. It, it fits is. the genre perfectly. <laughs> and it remind this game feels like it should have came out in, like, say... 87, mm-hmm. you know, uh, instead of when it did. So it so it comes up, and then you've, you're, you've got the uh, uh, kind of this introductory screen. This game has a real long, long, convoluted backstory. All the characters have backstories. There's a story mode, uh, and the story mode has graphics. It's, a, it's just like, uh, like a... Uh, our fighting would do something like that, where they'd have the guys had the, you know, and there's a couple fighting units that would have plots. Mm-hmm. Most of the plots are really sort of at the end. It's like, oh, you won, and here's what happened. Right. This has that, but this one goes into what you're doing, why you care. Like the example, the girl that's in the game at the beginning, she's swimming in this pool. It says she's, <laughs> it says she's training undercover for like uh, the government. Okay. And then she gets a call on the screen from the government official 
and it's and it's like okay, don't tell anyone what you're doing, but we're gonna send you this fighting tournament. And it always struck me as funny because she's in this huge aqua arena, and there are people you can see them in the background sitting there. So I guess this is the least, the least secret mission of all time. He's like, don't tell anyone outside the aqua arena. So the only thing I can figure out is a, no one's paying attention, or b. The government has a huge aqua arena, <laughs> right? Complete with dolphins, and all those <laughs> and all audience the, members were all government employees. That's right. Waste, fraud, and abuse. Something else I like about her is all of her offense is is aquatic arena driven. She's got she throws starfish. Yeah, she her, turns into her a spirit dolphin. animals a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty slick. Yeah, but uh, so each guy has an uh, like a little a little mini movie, you know, at the beginning. I mean, it's it's just. Slightly moving stills, mm-hmm. all right. That shtick. And another one I like is the very first guy. I can't remember his name. The guy, the blue-haired guy. Yeah. At the end of his hit, like the his old master dies, and this guy looks up and he's he's going like oh, and he's and he's screaming and water. The only thing animated is just water coming out of his face. He's teared very up. Very anime. He looks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was so dis- <laughs> it was so silly. I thought to myself, who's going to be afraid of this guy? He's cr- literally crying buckets of tears. You know. So, <coughs> anyway, you come to the main menu. We've got fight and spirit, and you've got your you've, your options at the bottom, and they're robust—a robust series of options. So, there's the first problem that I ran into this week when playing this game. There is no NTSC version of this game, so I loaded it up on my Amiga, and I could play it pretty well, except for the fact that I could not see any of the option screens. I couldn't see what game I was starting. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see. Uh, what my options were. I couldn't set up the choices. I couldn't do jack squat. And I tried to follow along with people on YouTube to kind of see it. It just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what I ended up having to do is a couple months ago, we put up a uh, an article about uh, them. someone translated Fighting Spirit over from the Amiga via WinUAE to the PC. I downloaded this and ran it. And it actually runs great. Uh, I, I relinked it on uh, Google+. Plus. Uh, for anyone that's interested, that has a PC or is an American wants to play this, and it's quite good. Uh, they did a real good job. It's it really it's in it's sort of like a company did, but a, a much fancier, you know, really. And it worked great. I was able to use that. And what I would do is like go back and forth between that and the Amiga, and so I could see how I was actually playing. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see what I was doing. Uh, so <coughs> you've got you've got story mode. You've got a, 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 like a battle mode, which is just like a one on one. You just keep playing, pick new guys and play. Then you've got a, uh, a an option to play team mode, which will let you uh, play against a computer or your or uh, a buddy, and you get to pick how many people you want in each team. I think you can have up to th- four, or is it up to three? I can't, it might be up to it's three. It's three, yeah. and, and one you, person gets three, and the other person gets two. No, no, they, they each person can have as many as they want. No. You, you, one person can have three and three. It can be three and oh, one, okay. one and three, and then so this is a one way you can play someone and kind of handicap them. Mm-hmm. Like you say, okay, you've got two guys, I get three guys. It actually, and you take turns picking. It's pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. I really like that uh, that option. Um, the option screen in this has a ton of options that I've never seen in an other fighting game. Uh, you've got your difficulty, of course. You've got your Number of rounds you mm-hmm. can play. You can fight just one round, three rounds, or five rounds. A timer. But then you've got options that are real. Oh, there's blood. You can turn it off. The blood in this game is a little goofy because it just occasionally just see some blood spray out. It's not like they're all messed up. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's not. I mean, so you can turn it on. I mean, I don't know if there's a performance 
issue it maybe but big. I don't know I can't imagine and Probably I will say the blood sort of sticks around mm-hmm. it's just it's persistent blood yeah but some of the other options on here are like you can turn off whether you can get stunned or not which I don't think I've ever seen that before mm. uh, you can turn off whether you can pick identical fighters or not like have mirror matches yeah so I mean in a lot of these things you <coughs> can really change the game you know if you're serious about it and you yeah. want to do tournament play or something like that and one of the options I thought was interesting you can turn off all special moves yeah so if you if you're trying to learn or just learn the basic moves, where you can turn all the moves, special mm-hmm. moves off. Uh, I needed an option to turn them all on because I couldn't do any of them. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's got a you can have normal or turbo, and now I, turbo on the PC that I was playing on was real fast. I, so I don't know how well that was good, that would translate on the actual Amiga. That's one of the things I didn't get to test, but it was it was really fast. It was uh, it was virtually unplayable. Fast, but still, I like the fact that there's a turbo mode in there that you that you can pick from. Um, the uh, when you get to the actual fighting, the meat of the game, you've got your usual suspects in a fighting game. I don't think they. I wouldn't say they went on too much of a limb for maybe just a couple. Mm-hmm. You've got a Thai kickboxer. You've got a Ken and Ryu character. You've got the kind of uh, uh, bodacious chick. She doesn't look that bodacious when you're fighting with her, but her little movie, she looks like a porn star or something <laughs> has, has, has come, come to fight. You've got a guy that they said was based on uh, the uh, Raiden character in... Uh, um, why why Mortal Kombat? No. <coughs> in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. Then you've got a guy that's an, an interesting character. I think this is the interesting guy. There's a guy... That the makers of the game say blatantly was based on Freddie Mercury, and he sort of looks like a real kind of muscular, like kick-ass yeah. Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. You know, um, then you've got an old master guy. Yep, you, there's Guile, military. <laughs> there's a military guy. guy, and then you've got two, like the two main spirit fighters, which are a uh, a tiger mm-hmm. and a like a lizard. Mm-hmm. You know, like I guess like a lizard, dragon. dinosaur, yeah. dragon sort of thing. <laughs> They're pretty interesting, mm-hmm. actually, uh, to uh, to have in the mix. And so the uh, the game is your usual tournament type gimmick. You go through, you try to beat your guy, and however many rounds you've got set up. The the fighting is. Uh, how would you? I think it's, you know, it's not great, <laughs> but it's it's right up there with the really terrible fighters that you've seen on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Which puts it leagues ahead of Body Blows or the other one-button games that are available on the Amiga. Because even the worst of those 16-bit games, they still have, like, when you press buttons, you they actually map to what you're doing on the controller. Uh, I found the moves to be difficult to do. Aaron had much more success than I did, and I just put that down to the fact that he's better at fighting games than I am. Um, it would be interesting to see Brent, uh, you know Aaron's brother, and Jamie, who hasn't made an appearance on the Amigos yet, but another one of our friends who are really big fighting game fans, uh, how they how they do with this. The uh, I, I think with time and enough practice, I think this could be an interesting fighter to get good at. I think maybe you would like it more if you were better at it. I think. I, I think yeah, I would that's too. Most, that's most things in life. Yeah, yeah. The. Uh, I think I mean I looked over a moves list for this, and which I also posted. I posted a moves list, uh, uh, a link to an Italian site that has a lot of really good information on this, and 
uh, on the uh, Google Plus, and I'll post them along all of our outlets. But that a moves list helped. Mm-hmm. Haven't looked over it, but I mean, it's a robust moves list. Yeah. And honestly, this game is also uh, noteworthy that it supports the CD32 sticks mm-hmm. uh, for four buttons. Four, two, and one button support, which is, hey, they covered all their bases. Right, but when you do the four button support, it's not like you're getting extra moves. You just map the punch and the kick <coughs> to an extra button. Right, but there's I mean, no weak and strong. It and makes that's, you easy. Well, actually, there's quick and not quick. That's the way it's phrased. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hooked the four button stick up to the Amiga, and uh, it helped. I, I, when we were using the on your machine here, I like to be with two. I thought two was a little bit easier for me to, to get a handle on. But I like the idea that they at least support all the different yeah. various controls. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, when you think about the, the top-tier fighting games of the 16-bit generation, there's Mortal Kombat, and there's Street Fighter, and there's Fatal Fury. Wouldn't you say those are the top three? So there's, again, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat, Street Fighter, and Fatal Fury. I don't know. King of Fighters is pretty popular. It's not really 16-bit. You know, 16-bit, yeah, yeah. I would say, you're, yeah, you're right. And My so, and if you look at all three of those, they all have, you know, very delineated button systems. It's three and three. You know, strong, yeah. weak. And without that, there's no way that they'll ever be as good, you know, as those. And that's why I kind of rank them below the top echelon. I, uh, I never really thought about that, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I guess you're right. I, 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 Art of Fighting and Fatal Fury weren't two of my favorites, but again, it was a different era, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and the thing is, those characters went on, a lot of those characters went on to be real interesting characters in King of Fighters. Right, right. So it's not like they were duds. And of mm-hmm. course, you've got the Fatal Fury guys are all great. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, I love May, for example, for the obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, and we didn't get her in the type of uh, uh, character in this game. Um, something I want to mention about this thing that I thought was interesting, again, I pulled this off of, gosh, various Italian sites... There's not a lot of stuff on this game unless you really dig in. But I'm an idiot. I had plenty of time in my hands, so I dug in. So the funny thing about Fighting Spirits is uh, the the guys that did it <clears throat> were uh, were an outfit that are, of course, they eventually were were you know light shock, right? But the they were laser shock. No, they were actually a, an Italian group of guys that called that were called Dynamic Style. That sounds like a 90s Italian developer name. Yeah, and so they ended up hooking up or were brought in to uh, to work with uh, with Shock on this. And again, I don't think they had much to do with the uh, with the other games, from what I could tell. And, and they also mentioned, and the article I read mentioned that they, when they were trying to get a distributor for this, they ended up picking uh, the app that they ended up with uh, who mainly distributed in Germany, and it was really hard for them to even distribute their game in their own country. Mm. You know, and so you can imagine why well, we never got it here. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, uh, some wackiness there. This uh, has got to be in the top five get the top five best Amiga games that never got an NTSC release. It's well, I mean, it's it's a shame, really. It is because I mean, I, I think this game would have been, of course. 96, you know, I don't know how big the Amiga fan base was anymore in the United States. Yeah, you know, but uh, um, the uh, something else I, I read in an interview with the artist, uh, he was saying that he actually did all this, the whole game was all drawn up with Deluxe Paint 4. Mm-hmm. And he said he used a mouse to draw the whole thing. He did all the art for it and, you know, right, all the parts he did, which is quite, apparently the lion's share of it. So, I mean, if you think about that, that's got to be a good hand. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that. No. You know, can you? 
to to put that together. Um, so I'll give that guy I'll give that guy credit on that. Um, <clears throat> the uh, game, of course, lets you choose from various backgrounds and locales. They're, they're all very nicely drawn. Yeah, they do. They look good. One thing the uh, fellow mentioned in the interview was that this game. It's funny because I'm like you. I didn't even notice this until I read it. I'm like, oh yeah. This game, and I noticed it on other games right away. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, this game has no parallax scrolling. Mm-hmm. And when they asked the guy, "Hey, where's the parallax scrolling?" They they literally could not. They couldn't fit it in. Mm-hmm. They just did not have the juice to do it on the on the Amiga. They said that the, with the sprites uh, being so large, and and there's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. that they could not. They couldn't put in parallax scrolling. Normally, on a fighting game, if I see one without parallax scrolling, that's a dud. I'm like, this is crap. Yeah, but even though they're not, even though they they lack that, the backgrounds are still animated. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you've got like I just remember the um, when you're fighting at uh, the beach, you've got the snack wagon there. Yeah, and the sign is flashing and things. And um, yeah, I didn't miss the parallax scrolling. To be honest with you, sometimes I just get tired of parallax scrolling. Every single Amiga game has it, and it's well, you know, at a certain <laughs> point, you're like, what are we even doing here? Well. A fighting game, though, it's sort of a staple of fighting mm-hmm. game. But like I said, it, it, this one was so well done, or maybe I just... I don't know what it was, but I didn't even notice. Yeah. The guys are... i got a thing for real beefy, big sprites. Mm-hmm. You can really, you know... you know, I'd say, hey, you know why I like Sword of Sodan? A lot yeah. of people crap on that. They're big, huge guys sure. on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to have a big, huge character that you're controlling. Yeah. And this game has got big, beefy, beautiful characters. Yeah, well animated they are. Characters, They're very nice. You know, and uh, uh, that makes it a lot of fun. The uh, the game also features a uh, like a Hall of Fame. It's got it, it saves high scores. Uh, there are some cheats that you can add additional uh, stuff into this. Like I never got my name on a high score list to be honest with you to try them, but there's some cheats out there for it, uh, and uh, that give you a couple extra things. And apparently, there's a cheat that no one's ever found that shows all your characters when you play them as kids, sort of like your. Uh, uh, what was a Final Fight uh, Zero or Kids? You know like the one versions. You know yeah. the little, yeah, the little. And something else this has that we didn't mention is the little in-between screen loading. Oh yeah, those are something else. They're right out of some some kind of an anime thing. Yeah, they're just little like uh, uh, five second sequences of a guy like he's fantasizing about a girl and then gets hit by a brick. Or there's one uh, where he hold, raises his arms up and bricks fall out from yeah. under his arms. The bricks are always involved. Then there's so. one where the, the girl is walking a dog mm-hmm. that I've seen. There's a few other ones in there, but there's there's a lot of the, again, you hear me say this over and over, but it's true. When I, it works, works. Attention to detail. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the backgrounds in this, I mean, there's no doubt about it as we sat and played it. It's heavily influenced by Street Fighter as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the backgrounds are Street Fighter-y. Yeah. You know, the Arizona one comes to mind with the helicopter. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like Giles. The, the one thing it's missing is it doesn't have any of the destructible elements yeah, that, yeah. that Street Fighter did. The uh, uh, the music was solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed that. <clears throat> it, for some reason on the 1200, my version, it didn't have any of the music. So hmm. hearing it here for the first time, it was good. I, I liked it. You the, didn't hear the intro song? I never. I, oh, no, I'd man. seen the video of that, okay. so I'd heard that one, but I hadn't heard the other songs. So the, I, I thought that stuff was. I thought it sounded real nice. Mm-hmm. The, the CD32 version, from what I've read, is exactly the same as the other versions, except that they have CD music. You know, so I'm gonna. I'm hoping to kind of grab the ISO of this and maybe get have a look at it sometime. Just, just list the music off of it. But uh, um, the music you had was pretty solid. Yeah, I, I thought it was it very real good. Nice. But uh, um, you know, overall, I like the speed. I like the touches. I mean, we we talked to this during the live stream. This. Uh, 
if you played the old Street Fighter on the NES, the Super NES, and the Genesis, and one of the things that they, I remember getting omitted a lot, and this is going to, this is going to sound real nitpicky, when Guile in the arcade, when the character Guile in Street Fighter 2 jumps, he does this sort of rolling half-turn in the air, mm-hmm. right? He'll jump up and kind of remain stationary and then flip at the last right. minute. And when he came home, a lot of versions of him didn't do that. He's the mm-hmm. only character that did it, all right? And it always, and people noticed it wasn't like I just came out with it, but it was like, you know, eh, that's kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. In this, even stuff like that is addressed. And it's not just with the, with the Guile ripoff guy. Some of the other characters have these unique, you know, aerials that they do when they jump and stuff. Yeah. Little stuff like that is, I mean, that's, these guys really put a lot of love into it. Mm-hmm. When, and, and from what I wrote with the interview, I mean, this was their life. And, and they were disappointed when the game didn't do that well. But uh, it was a combination, I think. Of di- I mean, I looked at reviews for this. I only found one review. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was. A, it, it's not the easiest game. Apparently, it just it just did not have an audience. Yeah. You know, and, it, and you had distribution problems. You had the fact they didn't send it to the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much how much it got distributed even in the UK. Right. Uh, and maybe someone could write in if they if they saw a lot of them. I know. Right. I know when I priced it on eBay, <clears throat> it was pretty pretty tough. I found. Uh, three copy. I found two copies currently for sale, and they were both in the ludicrous range of wanting, you know, hundreds of dollars. I mean, ridiculous amount of dollars. Uh, and then I saw one that had sold, and even the one that sold went for like somewhere around eighty dollars. So you know, it's a it's not a, a game that's out there that much. No, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, if you got it, hold on to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, you know, review the review I found was pretty solid. They were a lot like us. They're like, it's the best Street Fighter clone we've seen. Mm-hmm. It's not as good, but it's pretty good. Right. And it's probably the best you're going to do on what you've got. Yeah. When you compare this to the official port of Street Fighter 2, there's no contest. Right. You mean if like when they're on the Super... On, oh, you mean on, on the Amiga. Amiga? Oh, God, no. Yeah. I can't think of anything that I hated more. Yeah. <laughs> because that that's a game... It's one thing when you've played a great game. At least this game came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and debuted. And you're like, okay. And if, if it sucked, you'd be like, like Body Blows. Like, Body Blows wasn't wasn't hideous garbage, but, I mean, it wasn't great, but they had the luxury of not being, uh, you know, not being anywhere beforehand. Mm-hmm. This, you know, different. One thing I did want to mention, the pre-release name for this, which is great. I love this. It was the pre-release name, with the, or the work-in-progress name was Perpetual Craze. <laughs> oh, man. Perpetual Craze. They should have uh, stuck <laughs> with that. And they actually, apparently they had a demo released of Perpetual Craze. I know there's footage of it. And uh, apparently they weren't satisfied. They went back and added a lot of stuff to it. It made it a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then it was that's when it you know came on to be fighting spirits. But an interesting game with an interesting past. I'd like to know more about the dynamic uh, guys that were yeah. that that did it. But the, I couldn't find a whole lot. Well, of I think Dreamcatch is is busy researching this as we speak. <clears throat> yes, so. I'm sure Dreamcatch will fill in the blanks mm-hmm. uh, on this one. But a fun game. I'd say, like I said, better than their other fighting uh, game. But I'll let people decide when I put that up. But uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I really did. It was a real pleasant surprise uh, for someone who didn't think really the Amiga had much in terms of uh, fighting games. Me too. Me too. Uh, let's go ahead and take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. I would like to thank uh, Jason Warrens, Graham Vebke, Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo, Cole Bjorn Barman. Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. And if you'd like to support us, just go on over to patreon.com slash amigospodcast. 
Aaron, next week, what do you think about doing a real hardcore flight simulator? It scares me a lot. <laughs> well, I, I'm not yeah, a good we're, hand. We're, we're, we're going to have to do the best we can. We're going to do F-18 Interceptor. Okay. Next week. Uh, at least I've heard of that one. So um, get those, <laughs> print out that manual and uh, get those get the, keyboard, get the keyboard overlays yeah. ready. <laughs> oh, Lordy. This is why I played Wings so much, because this is as good as, that's as close as I can get. Right. This is going to be an interesting week. Holy we'll, smokes. <laughs> we'll see you then. Until next time. Adios. Adios.